In this week's episode, Trees is back, Thor is ending, and ducks can be super duper mean. Yes, said it. It's all happening now on Cover B. Welcome back, everybody. Comics! We're Cover B. Comics and stuff. We talk about nerdy stuff. Things. Comics. Comics. Movies. Comics. Entertainment. And more comics. And news. There's no news. <laughs> There's no news yet. We, we, we hunted. We looked. Slow news week. I, I um, sat here and I wanted and there's there's nothing. I mean, there's stuff, but nothing that you guys, nothing we have to share with you. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> that's, that's what I have to say to that. So let's talk comics. Yeah, we got, we got those. Those we do have. So what'd you read? I was unprepared and I gotta pull up my list. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I uh, caught him unawares! No, no you didn't. I'm fully awares. Uh-huh. This is, this is happening in real time. <laughs> sure. Sure thing. So let's go ahead and get it out of the way. Powers of X. Number four. Yeah. Quattro. Quattro, quattro, quattro. Um, it was, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> like three episodes in a row where i'm like that's good um this one was fun because they brought in you can tell hickman loves writing mr sinister it was unlike any i've ever seen before yeah they brought in sinister he's obviously going to be playing a big part of the plot the plot elements are starting to come together so like chris from how many issues seven issues ago is starting to compared to Chris now I have a lot more answers and a lot less like jaw dropping questions. I mean the, the questions themselves still draw jaw dropping but and the answers are kind of jaw dropping but um stuff's starting to come together the the you know puzzle pieces are fitting into place but sinister is one of those puzzle pieces. It was a cool book. It was um Kind of a different tone than the rest of the... Oh, absolutely a different tone. House of X, Powers of X has He's been... He's so sassy. Yeah, Sinister was really goofy and kind of a Deadpool character in a way, like, just didn't take shit seriously. And um, it, was, it was fun. It was a fun book. And there was this, like, weird little bit with this, like, seemed... Felt like a gossip rag, like a TMZ type thing, but, like, Sinister-themed for his, like, island bar Sinister... Where he like hangs out with himself and rules over a bunch of his clones and stuff, um, which is insane. Uh, yeah, and well, that had a lot of like little tidbits that are pretty exciting if you can decipher them. Um, involving like big players like Apocalypse and Madeline Pryor, and you know the main trio of X Men of like Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Wolverine, and those kind of people, as well as potentially some like returning fan favorites and stuff um and i guess they're i guess they were hinting at stuff that's coming up in like the x-men marauders x-force fallen angels those kind of titles um but it's exciting it could be some pretty cool story arcs if they bring if they dive into that so it seems like hickman as is his way has like just years of stories ready to roll so yeah it was interesting too because i feel like this book kind of confirmed some who's and some what's and yep. some how's yep. but 
the big question, which I'm guessing is why the next issue is a quote-unquote red issue. If you look in the back of the books, yeah. it has certain issues highlighted as like the key important issues. Mm-hmm. And I think next issue we're going to get the why. The why. The big, the big fat why. Now we just need the on. where. I think we know that too. Or the so what. That one... You know, I actually don't know the so what yet. <laughs> like, but it's I exciting. think I know the so it's, what. Um, like, what are they doing with the X Men? At this but, point, at this point, I'm really only bringing up House and Powers of X in the beginning of the the episodes to just get them out of the way because they're like the big thing going on. Because if you don't know, you should be reading House and Powers of X by now. Then you're probably new to comics. <laughs> so welcome to the um, show. Or you're super, We're happy to have you. Super anti superhero, which is fine. But um, no, it's, it's it's been a really fun ride, and it's definitely 100 percent worth your time. And I'm really excited for it all to be collected. Like they're putting out, I think a hardcover for it. Ooh, that's I'm gonna, gonna buy be the neat. shit out of that. Yeah, because that's gonna be a sweet. I hope they do like a nice hardcover and not just like the you know hardcovers can be like really plasticky looking. Yeah. And, like, really bland spine and just like it'll probably be the mark brooks cover like on the front i would think um i really hope they do something like really like svelte and sexy with it you know what i mean like like the paper girls hard the yeah image does hard covers right like image can do a fucking hard cover like (laughs) their hard covers are gorgeous i have no need for them but every time i see a new image hardcover i'm like i need that it's so sexy and then i have to remind Um, you that you don't read that and it's expensive (laughs) i have no i think the most recent one was like the i hate fairyland 2 hardcover i'm not a fan of i hate fairyland didn't really dig it tried to get into it didn't really dig it it was fine. I get where it was going. I get its appeal. Um, but I have no need for the I Hate Fairyland 2 cover or hardcover. But it's like this lime green square edged gold embossed hardcover. And I'm like, oh, it's so good looking. Maybe I want to marry it. Maybe maybe we can buy it as a gift to yeah, some, the, for uh, someone else. The Paper Girls, like the first one was like neon pink. Yeah, the pink And then the second dope. one was like almost pearlescent. So cool. Um, so I wish I wish they'd do something like that, but I doubt it. They'll probably just do their standard hardcover thing, which is fine. I'll probably still pick it up. Yeah. It'd be a cool one to have. It, it would be definitely a cool And then I can shove all mine away into like a vacuum seal <laughs> until the until the in a concrete vault in an indisclosed location until the end of time so that they go up to like a million dollars. That's what's up. That's the, that's game plan right there. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but you don't have to dash my dreams. Anywho, Powers of X number four. Really good. Really solid. I, I like Mr. Sassy. I do Sassy too. Sinister. Mr. Sass... Sassinister... Uh, Sinisass. Uh, Saster Sinister. I like that one. Um, um yeah. <gasps> Mr. Sassy Panister. No, that's too long. Shut up, I liked it. I read a book too. <laughs> cool, what'd you read? Um, so I read this, okay. Spoilers. Sorry. Spoilers. Captain Marvel number 10 came out. Um, Kelly Thompson's been writing it because 
it's a book and it's Marvel. And if it's not Hickman and it's not Donny Cates, it's Kelly Kelsey. Um, I was feeling this book in the first few issues. I was really feeling it. It was really cool. We had like a cool transition into this like weird apocalyptic area. It was neat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was very female empowering. I was digging it. Well, they've been building up this character called Star, who was this random, attractive blonde hero that just popped up on the scene and started basically taking over Captain Marvel's job as Captain Marvel found herself spiraling in a PR disaster. Well, they revealed in this issue who Star is, and it's kind of lame. Yeah, I did sneak a peek. Yeah, like a peaky peak they, at the end, and they picked somebody from the beginning of the run. It's it's a throwaway character. It's someone that they worked into the story with intention to bring them back, but they didn't really like build any sort of like importance to that character for it to be this big like oh my god. No, it didn't matter. Reveal, and yeah. the way that she got her powers is here's the spoiler: siphoning D- Carol. Yep. So. Even though being siphoned by Rogue has already been, like, a major plot point, she's already been siphoned by Rogue in this run alone. Huh. They did it again. Kelly. Oops. I love you, Kelly. But this is... This one fell flat. Like, I'm a little bummed. Well, they got big stuff happening. I know in Captain Marvel 12, she's going evil. Which could be dope. I don't know how they're going to get to there from where we are now. That Well, it seems like what seems I have, like the snippets stretch, I've picked up, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, they've been trying to like do a lot of, like, because in the last run, didn't it get revealed that, like, she was Kree? She's officially Kree. She's half Kree. Yeah. Her mom so, was a Kree soldier. I feel like the pit, the bits I've seen when I've thumbed through, like, your copies and stuff, because I haven't been reading it, so, again, correct me if I'm wrong. But there seems to be these undertones of, like, everyone kind of turning against Captain Marvel again. Because now it's because, like, oh, you're an alien. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, it, admittedly, it, it, it's a little ham-fisted. Essentially, yeah. what actually happened is that, I can't remember her name, but one of the Kree warriors left are is on Earth trying to get Carol to help her people because the Kree are essentially dying. They're they're going through like effectively a genocide. And so they were like, we need Carol to help us. But Carol, everybody loves Carol. Carol's not gonna spend her time taking care of the Kree because mm-hmm. we're notorious douchebags. And so they staged the PR demise and the siphoning of Carol's powers into mm-hmm. Star. So that Carol would be like, "Wow, I have nothing left." Well, but here's Earth the other th- sucks. Yeah, but here's the other thing. Like, while public opinion of her is poor, Jessica still loves her and is still by her mm. side. Rhodey and her are still like doing the the thing on the side, and Iron Man is still completely devoted to taking care of her and helping in any way that he can. Well, yeah, and she's like, still on the Avengers team, kicking butt with the Avengers. Like, I don't. Yeah. It's it's very confusing. Like. It didn't go all or nothing. It didn't give a really cool star reveal. It kind of reused a plot point. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know. I just yeah. I don't care. 
I don't weird. care. And that bums me out because this is the first time I feel like Kelly's kind of let me down. It's weird. I love you. I still love you. I'm still reading Sabrina, and Sabrina is fantastic. But, <laughs> but what was this? Are you going to read? Isn't she going to Deadpool? Are you going to read Deadpool when she's sexually in <sighs> Deadpool? I don't know. I That's been on my mind since it got announced. I was like, man, good for her. Kelly's doing Deadpool. We got a chick on Deadpool. That's awesome. I love how this is going. And then I thought about it, and I was like, shit, do I have to read Deadpool now? Mm. And now I don't know, because like mm-hmm. I kind of want to, because that feels like Kelly's element, because I really miss her doing Kate Bishop, and they kind of have a similar tone. Yeah. But like, Didn't, um... I don't know. So back to Captain Marvel. Yeah. Didn't like after Civil War, right? Didn't she have like a lot of recovering? She was kind of like lambasted in with society for like beating the shit out of Tony Stark, like putting Tony Stark in a coma. Or am I getting that wrong? Was she like hailed as a hero? I thought it because I remember like I remember the. Mighty Captain Marvel's Zero cover, I think, has her, like, on a screen. On, like, a screen. And she's, like, trying to hide. But I can't remember if it was, like, she's a bitch. Or if it was, like, we love her. I think it was hailed as a hero. Okay. I think that was when she became, Amer- like, that's when she became Earth's Mightiest Hero. Like, I think that's when well, she... Well, was, she was Earth's Mightiest Hero before that. But well, but, like, I think that's when that. she became, like... The most popular, most beloved hero on the planet. The, like, new Captain America, yeah. essentially. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. And that's what I think happened there. But she did then, like, kind of fall off the face of the earth for a while because she had to, like, help her brother recover and stuff. And so yeah. she kind of just, like, left everything for a while. Well, you know, the Kree have it wrong, though. Like, if they want to get Captain Marvel to stop giving a shit about Earth, they just need to cast Brie Larson. <laughs> Bree, you need to know that your Captain Marvel is fantastic. Yeah. It was the writing and presentation that yeah. was wrong. No, I love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. And I love the, the Captain movie. Marvel movie. Yeah. And her, the the depiction of Captain Marvel in that. But the depiction of Captain Marvel in game, which I've said on the cast before, but I'll go ahead and reiterate. Uh, is garbage. They made her into a total jerk, really condescending, and just kind of like this thing that shows up late in the movie and like saves the day and kind of like looks at everybody like, oh, you couldn't fight this guy? What's wrong with Day you? Deus Ex Marvel now. Yeah, and it was, it was just kind of bizarre. Um, I, just, I just don't like how they depicted her. I don't like how the Russos handled her. I, I think, agree. I think they handled her way wrong. They totally and ruined... Look back on previous episodes because we have in-depth discussions about how like how easy it would have been to fix her because it literally would have been like a two-minute sequence and the character would have been fixed. But we won't get into that today. We're leaving in that one deleted scene. Yep. That's it. Yep. But anyway, Captain Marvel 10, I didn't love it. I will keep you guys posted if it gets better when she goes evil or whatever. I gotta tell you, if you're a comic book covers whore like I am, <laughs> um, you need to be picking up the current Captain Marvel runs, though, because they all have Mark, Brook- Mark Brooks covers. They are very pretty. They are gorgeous. So <laughs> Mark Brooks is a god among men. Um, He's a little 
fanboy over here. I am super fanboy. I love Mark Brooks. <laughs> um, so popping on over to another book, Moon Knight Annual Number One. This is part of that Acts of Evil thing. Ooh. Um, that I've had, I think I've talked about some issues of. I've been reading all of them. There's also been like a Ghost Spider one and a She Hulk one. Most of them are just these weird little throwaway things. I don't have too much to say about this one, but I it was it was cool in that like a lot of Moon Knight stories, especially recently, tend to be fully focused on like how crazy Mark Spector is. How okay. he's got multiple personalities. Is Conchu real? Is he making him up? Like, let's have Moon Knight go up against these other people with mental like mental health problems. Let's have real conversations about mental health. And like that's all good in its own way. But what kind of gets lost in translation or in, you know, doing these narratives is what's kind of at the core of Moon Knight, which is what this one gets at. And it was just kind of refreshing, wherein essentially Moon Knight is a cleric. Oh. When you think about it, he's he's like a priest of an old Egyptian god, dedicated himself to this old Egyptian god, wears the garbs and symbology of that Egyptian god, still has faith in that Egyptian god on and off to different degrees and that's kind of what this book hit on because like it opens with um this like old like egyptian moon knight essentially worshiping Khonshu with these like relics and then kang the conqueror kicks in the door and is like man sucker and starts doing time travel things and he's got like an ankh a scarab and a scepter and he's like with these i'll be able to rewrite time into my image and change reality and i'm sure somewhere in the galaxy thanos was like fuck really <laughs> <laughs> you only need three shit why didn't i do Damn that <laughs> i have to hunt down sentient stones every time marvel needs a new paycheck and you just make three things that are slightly egyptian and you can change reality fuck <laughs> um so, yeah, then, you know, Ancient Moon Knight fights him, and then Khonshu, like, meets Kang, and Kang finds out that one of the items is, like, damaged from the Egyptian Moon Knight. And so they get, like, rocketed through time. And then Khonshu's like, my avatars will stop you. So then it's this cool story of, like, Moon Knight from a future that's ruled by Kang. And he's like, this doesn't feel right. He's like the only remaining hero because he's the only one who like, Khonshu was like, I'm going to make sure you still exist in this altered reality. Hmm. So he like knows something's not right. So then Khonshu like just thrusts him through time and he starts like popping up in like, there's like Wild West Moon Knight and like Medieval Moon Knight. That's dope. Gladiator Moon Knight. And so it's cool to think, like I said, it's like, I feel like that's a part of Moonlight's Moon Knight's lore that kind of gets lost in all this, like, Mark Spector is crazy kind of talk. Yeah. And, um, but it's a cool part of his lore is that essentially he's a superhero, but he's also, like, a cleric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Cleric in the, like, D&D Pathfinder sense, yeah. you know? He's, like, like an active he's high dedicated, priest. has some sort of, like, connection to divinity, but is willing to hit you with his mace to get the job done <laughs> you know so He's, if he were more on the goody goody side he'd be paladiny yeah i think <laughs> this might be no i think there might be one more 
might be one more acts of evil thing coming up um but of the ones that i read which was all of them i think i think i missed the punisher one um i have it i just haven't read it uh the deadpool one's probably still my favorite it was really good it was just really fun and um but he's not a deadpool but fan. i'm not a deadpool fan uh don't let him fool you don't we don't have to say that every episode <laughs> um maybe i am a deadpool fan guys maybe that's the secret I've, I've been a deadpool fan all my life um admittance is the first step yeah right to acceptance this is just a just a uh intervention my, it's a fa- long my family's intervention. gonna open the door over there i'd be like we're glad you finally got there you're going to hand me a Deadpool mask. Ryan Reynolds is going to come out and be like, uh, glad you finally got there, buddy. <laughs> Here's some tickets to my next movie. No, oh. yo, but that would be oh, dope. That would be nice. Hey, Ryan, hit us up, man. Um, But yeah, this one was definitely second. It was it was just fun. It, it didn't do anything extremely like... Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking, but it was fun. Nice. So. Um, I also had a number one... Um, so Jason Aaron is ending his Thor run, um, with King Thor, Mm -hmm. which is set at the end of the universe. And it's super cool because he, I, I'm really appreciating how some of the Marvel authors are kind of feeding into each other now. So like Jason Aaron brought up Null in War of Realms which was interesting because, like, nobody but Donny Cates had been talking about this. Mm. And Chris has even explained how in the, like, history of the Marvel Universe thing that had recently been taken place, they didn't even mention Null. He Mm. wasn't even included. He wasn't allowed to the potty. And so I thought it was really cool that Jason Aaron's been bringing up Null. Well, he did it again. And now Null is, like, an important part of the end of the universe, as much as he was the beginning. And I think that's really cool that everybody's kind of tying themselves up together. Um, was Noel actually, like, in the book? No. they. It was gore. and But okay. it was, like... Like the Necro Sword, maybe? Yeah, it was the Necro okay. Sword. And yeah. it was, like, talk of Noel and, like... It just, it's just cool. That's cool. Yeah. Like, well, you can tell because, I mean... Donny Cates essentially formulated Noel off of the god of thunder run that jason aaron did where that had the like god killer god bomb in it yeah you know um and so you can tell that those two both have kind of the same idea for what the mythos should be right you know what i mean so it makes sense it does make sense that jason aaron would continue that narrative but it is cool that he's because I remember flipping through it and I saw like Loki with the necro sword. He was all like venom looking. Yeah, that's the, really like dope. he looks super venom. Yeah, so it's just cool. It's just cool how it's kind of all tying back in together and like tying into the other books that are going on right now. And yeah, because like that didn't have to be the direction that he went for the end of the Thor run mm-hmm. because he's opened up a lot of opportunities in all of the different times that he's talked about the end of the universe. Because there was a time when, I mean, I still thought this whole book was going to be about him fighting Phoenix Wolverine. Yeah. Because, like, that was a huge plot point that we haven't really had finalized anywhere mm. at all for any reason. It's just sort of nothingness. But, mm-hmm. like, that's, like, it's just interesting that this is the choice that he's gone to. And I, I think that was cool. That's cool, yeah. I, um... 
I just think, like, I think the stuff Donny Cates is working towards in his various books, so in Guardians and in Silver Surfer Black and Venom, a lot of, lot of it focused on Noel and kind of, like, the stronger beings in the cosmic, yeah, like, hierarchy. Um, like, I just think a lot of the ideas he seems to be coming up with and a lot of the stories he's starting to, like, lay the ground like the seeds he's planting essentially could have a lot of really cool ramifications in the ongoing marvel universe yeah and so like having writers like jason aaron and like you know other people that have referenced Noel or other people that have referenced you know like cosmic ghost rider was referenced in uh this week's issue of punisher kill crew you know yeah so like the fact that that character is still hanging around and popping up and yada 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 it's just like that's what needs to happen in order to make sure that those seeds can bloom and yeah. blossom into something. So it's just it's cool. cool it's cool to see like random bits and pieces from the universe actually like kind of connecting within each other. Like yeah. even something as simple, this is mildly unrelated, but still the same kind of thing. Like one the most recent issue of Invaders mentioned Krakoa. Yeah. Which I haven't seen Krakoa mentioned in literally any other book. And yeah. it was just a random, like, Invaders is such a random choice to b- bring that up. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I yeah, guess... the only mention of, like, House and Powers of X stuff that I've seen, and I don't remember what book it was, but it was, like, a one-line throwaway comment about, like, whatever's happening with the X-Men right now. You know? Yeah! And that was it. And I nobody else has been, like... Yo, have you seen the X-Men? Have you seen what they're doing? Yo, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that book, because I wonder if that book that you read was written by Chip, because Invaders is being written by Chip. I don't Chip. think so. I don't, I don't think I read anything by Chip. So. And it, it would just be funny if he's just I usually just let you like, handle the chips. Um, yeah. going to anyway, so <laughs> yeah. might as well. But, um, because it was just like a super random, like, you know, especially with what's going on in Krakoa right now. And I'm like, nobody else is talking about this. You totally forget that it's not like isolated. It's yeah. it's all connected. So sometimes that's just nice. Yep, fair enough. Uh, bouncing around to a different uh, part of the world, let's talk about DC's Year of the Villain. Uh, they had a one shot come out this week for the Riddler. Um, so if you don't know what's going on with Year of the Villain, neither does DC. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> One of the one of the, the main thing that they're attaching to is essentially Lex Luthor had this great idea. And he's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fake my death. When I fake my death, I'm going to send out all these little Luthor drones to project like a holograph, a hol- hologram, holograph, hologram of <laughs> me uh, making an offer to these different villains. Right. So I'm going to use my funds and my tech and all this stuff to give these villains the opportunity to achieve what they've always wanted to achieve. Um, one person who didn't get that is the Riddler. Oh, no! Um, and so Riddler comes back, and Lex, who's now full in his like Martian hybrid form as Apex Lex, uh, which is the greatest wrestler name of all time. Like, just all time. Oh, man, it really yeah, yeah. is. Like, the fact that there has not been a WWE wrestler named Apex Lex, Apex Lex is a crime. I, <laughs> I feel like that's that's got to be coming, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, Apex Lex. Um, 
But yeah, it uh, he is just like chilling on the Riddler's face, and the Riddler's like, "Why didn't you give me anything?" And he essentially looks at the Riddler, and it's like, "Because you're hot garbage, and a giant man baby." Ouch. And it, Burn. It's, it's actually more more on level than that. He's like, you know, your motivations and your goals haven't changed over time. Like you've always been going after the same thing. You've been always going after it the same way. Like you just don't grow. You don't evolve. Um. And that's the thing is that was his gift to the Riddler was to give him that like truth bomb. Oh. So then the Riddler teams up with King Tut. And th- that's like the whole point of this book is just Mark Russell absolutely lambasting how cheesy the Riddler is. <laughs> like he's just, he like took the Riddler out of the box of villains and laid it down and just started fucking stomping on him. <laughs> put king tut down there for good measure and you know because king tut and the riddler do their shtick very similarly batman shows up they somehow have this massive unit that they've rented they even comment about like i just rented out a new i just put a down payment on a new warehouse and stuff (laughs) oh my god and they have like people setting it up it's like setting up a stage production you know but that's what they do batman gets into this like maze and he has to answer like solve riddles which he usually solves by blowing them up with batarangs and then he finds him and punches him. And so he like teams up with the Riddler to set up this puzzle. And the Riddler's just like halfway through. He's like, this is, he's watching it go down. It was, it's just cheesy and cringy. And he's like, I quit. And he leaves and Batman beats up King Tut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's cool <laughs> because it seems like, like the book ends with the Riddler just shedding his like traditional Riddler uniform and being like, I'm going to change so we're gonna have a new riddler coming which is really exciting because i think there's some cool angle like if you got a creative person on there they could do something really cool that's why i was always bummed that the riddler never popped up in a movie because i would love to have seen like a nolan verse riddler because i would be interested to see what they would do with that yeah you know i like the arkham riddler i know the arkham riddler is just a goofy like way to get like cheap side quests and yeah, shit it's kind but of like the right. arkham arkham riddler's fun because his whole thing is like he's not so much about the puzzles he's all about like being smarter than batman and he's super tech based you know what i mean and yeah, i think it's that's definitely cool. a different twist which is nice but it's still it but does still have that like cheesy vibe the one kind of irksome thing about this is that it really kind of just steamrolls the like story arc of the war of jokes and riddles so in batman like a few like good few issues back um it was like right towards the end of when rebirth was called rebirth okay now it's like the books aren't tagged rebirth anymore i think it was like right at the end of that for batman um there was a story arc about the joker and riddler having a war and like the joker had his team of villains and the riddler has his team of villains and the Riddler was freaking intense in that. Huh. It was kind of a big redesign for the Riddler. They gave him, like, made him more hunky. Um, gave yeah. him, like, epic red sideburns. Made him, like, his whole kind of appearance looked more like Irish ragamuffin type, you know, oh, thing. that's interesting. And he was a little bit more straightforward in how he did things. A little bit more, like, criminally. Hmm. Um in that he kept up with the Joker in its own way. You know, the Joker shoots him in the chest at one point early on, and then he, like, carves a 
question mark into himself over the like wound where the <laughs> where the bullet wound is so he's like really intense and this kind of just shits on that mm. like he still has the scar he references the scar but this kind of is a real like this depiction in this is a real step back compared to what he was in that to the extent where he almost pushed batman to killing him in the war of jokes and riddles and joker stopped batman from doing that oh wow <laughs> you know like, that's the extent that Riddler was, like, a pain in the ass in that. And now here's Lex telling him he's goofy and he's teaming up with King Hut. And he's, like, you know, having chicken skewers with King Hut talking about, you know, why does Lex hate me and stuff like that. So it's it's a little weird. It's fun watching this character get absolutely lambasted because he is kind of a goofy character. He is kind um, of a goof, And yeah. I'm excited to see what they do with the Riddler in the future. But... It does kind of wash over all that. But it's worth picking up if you're interested in any of the, like... I've read a few of the other Year of the Villain ones, and this one is really the only one that kind of stood out to me. The other ones have been kind of cheap. I think you talked about one last week or the week before. The uh, Black Mask one. Yeah, that one, I yeah. didn't love it. So, anyway. Wasn't Year of the Villain. Man. The Riddler. Pick it up. So, I've got another middle-of-the-run book. Cool. Which, Do it. sorry guys, there yeah. weren't a whole lot of number ones for me. Um, so, Young Justice number eight. I'm not going to talk a ton about this. Mm -hmm. Bendis is writing it. Yep. It's weird. Yep. It's super weird. Cool. Um, You know, dimension hopping and world hopping and all that. Because, why not? Sure, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> they're on Earth 3 now. Nice. And it sucks, <laughs> and everyone's a douchebag, and it's terrible. Um, but the primary reason why I want to discuss it is because the internet has exploded, rightfully so, because there is potential that everybody's favorite Robin, Tim Drake, might have a name change. Mm. So the Tim Drake on Earth 3 does not go by Robin anymore. He dropped Robin. He's also evil, but evil Robin, Tim Drake, now just goes by Drake. Which, honestly, if you think about it, is genius. Mm -hmm. it's, it's his name, but it's also a bird, because it's a male duck. And I don't know if you guys have ever been around ducks. <laughs> But they're assholes. Yeah. I, when we were in college, there was this pond that was like a swan type pond, whatever. And the swans were cool. But the ducks at that pond made it almost so aggressive that you couldn't go hang out by the pond. Like, it was beautiful. We had the most beautiful campus. And the scene was, like, picturesque. We were in the mountains. Everything was beautiful. It was amazing. But you'd go up there and you would get chased around by ducks who were biting at your feet. It was really aggressive. It would stress you out. It just wasn't worth it. Ducks are assholes. Mm-hmm. And I think going with Drake is genius. And part of, like, the ongoing... There's a thing with Bendis where he loves to pick something out of the book and make that a recurring factor throughout the entire book. That's like a thing he does. He likes to just kind of hammer down 
on something over and over and over again. It's a bendicism. And this was that. Because Impulse brings it up like eight times. <laughs> How Drake is the supreme name that he needs to take. Mm-hmm. And so I would not be surprised with Bendis writing essentially all of the DC universe right now if Tim Drake just effectively becomes Drake. Yeah, fair. So, adios, Tim Drake Robin. And hello, Tim Drake. 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 So there's that. You have more DC, right? I do. Um, but I wanted to mention that if he changes his name to Drake, then at least he can have a super good rap career. I'm trying to think of a better joke. <laughs> and... Um, could not get there. <laughs> trying to find a good way to work, like, like find. Anyway, I'm bad at jokes. Here, you know what though? You know what though? Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna feed off your joke. Uh huh. At least his first name is Tim, and not Aubrey. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Could be worse. It's got more clout there. Yeah. You um, know, he's working with more at the start. So Gotham City Monsters number one came out this week. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a cool book. I think it's a six-issue mini. Um, introduces the team. The team is going to be Frankenstein. I, Vampire, is going to be involved, but I don't know how. Like, at first I thought he was going to be part of the team, but now it's like, like might be an antagonist. I don't know. Um, Lady Clay face? Or Lady Clay? Madam Clay? She who is of the Clays? Our Lady of Perpetual Clays. I don't she know. Clay. Um, she Clay. Uh, that girl. She, she Clay. clay. <laughs> uh, and uh, who else? So Killer Croc is in there. And I think that's it. So what is so, it? Is oh, it like a uh, team book? Or? Uh, Orca is in there. So it's going to be a team book. Okay. But what I like about a good team book, especially when it's a miniseries, but really just like a good team book. Uh-huh. I feel like should always establish the premise before it establishes the team. Um, okay. And I, that's what this one does. That's nice. We see all the players and we see that they're all in the same area, this area called Monster Town. It's a part of Gotham that was built up around like Hugo Strange made this like behemoth and it got killed. Um, and now it's bodies just like, it's like skeletons just like laying in the middle of this like burrow of Gotham because it's Gotham and that's awesome. Um, Yo, okay, they need to work on their infrastructure. Yeah, and they need to raise taxes yeah. so that you can get some street cleaning going on. Yeah, because that's an ongoing issue. I'm seeing like, you know why Gotham's so dark? Because there ain't no street lights. That's why. <laughs> yeah, because they just they get busted and they're like, I don't know what we do about this. Um, but yeah, it. it it's cool. It's it's got an interesting premise. I'm excited. I don't know much about a lot of the characters, um, like Frankenstein. You know, I didn't read like what was it like Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, or whatever. Um, I don't know where uh, Queen Clay came from. Um, she slay. She's that Clay slay. And, you know, I didn't really read Suicide Squad, so I don't know much about Killer Croc. I don't know much about Orca. I didn't read I, Vampire. So it's all a bunch of characters that I'm super not familiar with, admittedly. But it seems like it's going to be fun. Um, 
the team has some interesting dynamics. It's like weirdly enough, like it seems like Frankenstein's going to be the really like aggressive, violent one. And then killer croc might be the like kind of level headed one, level headed one of the team. Cause That's he's like, weird. he's just trying to like, he's staying at this like flop house essentially because he's like waiting for job interviews and stuff. Cause he is no longer on the squad. And like, Huh. Orcas out in the bay, like just wrecking people who are trying to smuggle goods to Bane because he runs Gotham now. And that was another cool thing is that it references what's going on, so it's like current. Oh, that's you good. I mean? That's cool. So it's like set in Gotham, and it's like, yeah, Bane controls Gotham now, and it's like, oh, cool, he does. <laughs> he legitimately does. But it's cool. It um, Justice League Dark. I've also been reading, and it's started to fall a little flat for me it's getting yeah. a little bit too like big in its britches i've always liked justice league dark when it's dark but it's right i mean it's still dealing with darker things and it's dealing with magic and stuff but i feel like it's a little bit too like every story arc we bump to is like this is for the fate of the universe and that just doesn't feel like as justice league darky to me but this one seems like it's going to be pretty justice league dark so that's cool that actually is really interesting it kind of that's actually referenced the like everything is a catastrophe in the end of the world was actually referenced kind of in um the most recent wonder twins mm-hmm. because whole, one of the whole subplots of the book was how they started doing tours at the justice league like the hall of justice and a tour group accidentally saw when there was an announcement of like there's gonna be a giant um like asteroid coming and destroying the earth and killing billions of people well they didn't publicly announce it and then you just see wonder wonder woman's superman and batman fly off yeah and everybody assumes that They've left Earth entirely, they're abandoning everyone, and everyone's being left to die. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's havoc in the streets, and they're, like, flipping cars and shit, and it turns into, like, effectively what happened in Philadelphia after the Eagles won, (laughs) and it's a mess. Mm -hmm. And then they come back, and they're like, why are you tearing up the city? And they're like, well, because you left us. Well, yeah, you kind of have to leave Earth if you're going to destroy an asteroid, which is destroyed. By the way, it's kind of what we do. And they were like, well, why didn't you tell us? And then they just sort of look around and they're like, that's why. Yeah, that's funny. And it's so, like, it's so pertinent. They're like, does this happen a lot? And they're like, more than you need to know about. Yeah, you probably shouldn't look at those monitors. (laughs) Yeah, it was just so, it was so poignant. Because that's sort of a thing that, like, this happens all the time. But it's not actually that traumatic or end of the world or life or death because they're gonna fix it so it's fine yeah for me it's it's because like justice league derek i'm still really enjoying it it's just kind of felt like i I don't even know how many issues we're a good few issues into this run of justice league dark and it feels like we're still just setting up the premise it's like there was just so many things they had to get out of the way like the whole like witching hour thing um the like wonder woman specific kind of focused on hecate and stuff like that and we had to get out of the way the like dr fate issue and like break down magic so we could rewrite the rules of magic and stuff and it's really interesting storylines and really like the art is great i love the team 
because it's kind of a weird team, and I love weird teams. Um, <laughs> that is your thing. And I, I love a weird team, man. Um, and, you know, all this, that's, honestly, that's why I wish I had talked about this one. Punisher Kill Crew, this new episode, it looks like the team is going to be Punisher, Foggy Nelson, and uh, Juggernaut. And so, like, you'll probably hear me talk about the third episode if that's true, or the third issue if that's true, because I love me a weird team. <laughs> um, but anyway, Justice League Dark, it just feels like we're still just setting up, like, we're getting there. We're at, like, the cusp of, like, this dark, these creatures from this dark universe, the dark the side of magic. stuff's actually going to start like, the happening. the upside down man is trying to get into our world and stuff. And, like, we hit on that for the first few issues and then got, like, way away from it as we dealt with all this, like, let's restructure magic so we can, like, tell the story we want to tell and stuff. And I feel like we're still just there. So I'm excited for this one to start up because it's just, like, like I said, it's just a mini series. It's going to be a quick bit of, like, monsters and magic. And, like, that's dope. I like that. Yeah. So um, Gotham City Monsters, I really, really like what's set up in it. So I'm hoping it's really solid when it gets rolling. So I'm going to switch this over to the indie side of life. Um, a book that had a hot million covers this week is Chastity Number 1. Um, it was good. It was good. Mm -hmm. I mean, admittedly, it kind of felt like all the others of the same breed. Like, let me tell you the plot real quick. It is a half-human, half-vampire, daywalker, all the strength, none of the weaknesses effectively. Blade. Starving artist, female, trying to be an actress, svelte attractive blonde it's like blade meets buffy yeah it's like it's like every fan fiction you ever wrote in eighth grade if that description didn't clarify it's a dynamite book <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't clear it comes from dynamite admittedly i wanted to read this one because it's leah williams whom i very much enjoy and i mm -hmm. think is a great writer and it's kind of nice because she's very aware of what she's writing. Like, they talk about, like, actively the narration brings up, you know, I'm half vampire and half human, and I have all the good parts and none of the bad parts, so I'm a badass. And that's just how life is. And Ain't you're like, no oh, werewolf. well, at least you're aware. At least you know. So, yeah. it was okay. I mean, it wasn't like you know, groundbreaking or the most thrilling thing I've ever read, but you know, it could be good. It could be okay. Oh, yeah, if you're looking for up. just something chill and fun and silly, and maybe you're looking for a marginally scantily clad chick doing vampire -y stuff. Yeah, maybe you need more vampire slaying in your life and Buffy doesn't come out fast enough. There's been a lot of Buffy though. There it's been, been weird. But maybe you just need more Buffy than there is Buffy. Yeah. And there you go. You just, you just need all of the Buffy. Chastity. It's different. It's okay. If you told me you were reading a book called Chastity, I would expect that it was about, like, some sort of southern belle living her life in antebellum south. Named it, Chastity. In this book, <laughs> in, this, in this issue, uh, Chaz was auditioning for a burlesque show. Nice. And got drugged. It's like the same thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Super I'm pretty similar. sure that is like chapter four of Gone with the Wind. It's when Scarlet 
auditions for the burlesque show and gets drugged. <laughs> Pretty sure. I've seen that movie a few times. Pretty sure that's in there. Um, oh, and my correction, I apologize. I don't think she's actually blonde. She's a redhead. But that just makes it yeah, maybe even, more stereotypical. sexier. If we're talking comics, then the sexy person is the redhead. <laughs> sure, your Betty and Veronica's are okay, but you know who gets all the boys going? Cheryl. Well, they do do that. Yeah. They draw her like ridiculous. What's that? Peter Parker's with Gwen Stacy? Killer. He's got a redhead in the wings. <laughs> Who doesn't know how to wear clothes. I don't know. There's a consistent factor here. Yeah. It is what it is. Comic book writers, you were really into gingers. <laughs> what was that about? Yeah, right. Really into redheads. Uh, last thing I want to talk about. So, if you've been listening for a while, you probably heard me mention multiple times about my love-hate relationship with a man called Warren Ellis because he won't put out more trees, and trees is great. Well, guess what? Trees is back, everybody. Oh, snap! There's a mini-series, five issues, six issues, something like that, um, that started this week called Trees, Three Fates. Um, and it is, it's trees. It's continuing to be good. So if you don't know about trees, trees is a series that started years ago because it was really slow coming out because Warren Ellis likes to make you suffer. Um, <laughs> and it's essentially at, at its surface, it's a, uh, book about an alien invasion. So at one point in time on planet earth, these giant cylindrical crafts, descended from the heavens and just implanted themselves in various locations all over the globe. Um, people then referred to them as trees by the trees um, and stuff like that. Uh, these cylinders just landed somewhere taller than it. Like some actually like breached the atmosphere somewhere shorter. It's actually a big point in one of the books of trees is this like African warlord happens to be near one of the shorter trees and is going to try to take some helicopters to land on it because um, that's something no one's ever done. Um, one lands in, like, New York, which causes a whole part of the island to flood. Um, one lands in this place in Italy. There's the one in Africa. They're all over the place. And they cause, you know, the impacts themselves cause significant damage, cause significant worry, but then nothing happens. No one leaves the crafts. Huh. No one, the lasers don't start flying out. You know, no one says Klaatu, Barada, Nikto. Nothing happens. <laughs> um, so what the book is about, and this is what I love about it, is it is about the world around this happening less than it is about the thing happening. And That's it actually, cool. like... It's why I liked Arrival, the movie Arrival. A lot of people disagree with me on this because they thought it was boring. Because they went into an alien movie expecting someone to get vanomized and something to go, ah, 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 you know. It's not Mars Attacks. Not every movie has to be Mars Attacks. Doesn't it, um, though? I, I like the concept of an alien movie. And it's why Independence Day works so well. Because so much about Independence Day that's good is people reacting to these big, like, crazy aliens. Then you have all the action bits. That's for everybody else. Um, but what I liked about Arrival, what I like about Trees, is that it focuses on how we as a society would react to this kind of thing. You know? So in New York, you got people making like political pressure 
based around like stuff that happened because of the trees. You got these scientists that are, you know, investigating these weird black flowers that are popping up at some of the base sites and stuff. And it's just, that's all it's about. There's no aliens, no lasers, no like intergalactic war, no, you know, craziness that comes from like men in black stuff. No abduction. Yeah. no... No, no, like dreary government agencies and no like crazy technology that we've, you know, retrofitted and stuff like that. It's just normal people reacting to this really bizarre world that they now live in, which is essentially just our world with these giant cylinders sticking out of it. And I'm sure eventually he'll come back to the main story and kind of tell us like maybe the trees will start to have more going on. Um, But I don't care if they don't because it's a really cool read. Anyway, three fates on that note. So we're talking a, you know, story about these giant, alien craft landing in the world right three fates takes place in a russian town with a population of 63 where someone was murdered who isn't from the town and it's just this small town cop who's got to figure out what's going on and there seems to be some sort of small town conspiracy happening that's it <laughs> is there one of these crafts in yeah the town? so there's one of these crafts outside of the town i think there's actually a few okay. it's actually really funny it opens with her like having a fight with her boyfriend the cop okay and she's like throwing all his shit out and then the freaking tree just like <laughs> on top of him <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that it was just such a bizarre way to start the book after not having trees for so long that was such a cool way to have it come in um but anyway she yeah she basically gets word that there's a body next to one of these trees and it's not somebody anybody recognizes there's no record of them coming in on the train and so now she's got to figure out who this guy is and why he was stabbed to death by the tree you know that's so and random so the trees are going to play a factor presumably but Maybe? honestly it's just it's like fargo with like alien spacecraft in the background that's so <laughs> weird i kind of love it though it's like that's russian so russian fargo with yeah, these, like, trees hanging out. And that's just so cool. I love that. I love it. So, trees... I appreciate the subtlety. Trees, Three Fates, number one. Uh, even if you haven't read the old trees, it's still worth picking up because you can kind of grasp the premise. I think there's, like, a catch-up page. Like, a, you know, here's what happened kind of page in here's the beginning. Here's what this is all about. Um, but, you know, if you want to read... I think Trees is only two volumes. Um... It's in trade paperback. I believe the number one is one of those image books that's like 10 bucks. So check it out. Trees is one of my favorite reads. I love anything Warren Ellis has done. Injection is also a really good one from Image that he hasn't finished because he hates me. Um, <laughs> and then he's been doing the, the Wildstorm stuff. So Wildcats got canceled because DC hates me more. Um, this is like, so we have this ongoing bit. Yeah, where, the Taco Bell bit. Yeah. yeah, where everything that Chris likes from Taco Bell yeah, gets so canceled. Taco Bell, if you're, <laughs> if you're listening, um, I don't know why you don't like me, but <laughs> the second I get something, I'm not a huge Taco Bell fan. Like, I'm just generally not. There's not a lot on the menu that I'm like, oh, like, I can't just get, like, a regular taco and be like, that was a fulfilling meal. I'll get them from time to time just because, because they're cheap. And I'm cheap and sometimes poor, 
What of it? We don't have a Patreon yet. This is more your fault. Anyway, so from time to time, they'll get something, and I'm like, oh, you know that scene in um, the Les Mis movie, like the recent one, where Hugh Jackman's character is, I think that's from Les Mis. There's a gif of it that's all over the place, where he's like staring at something, and it's just like holy light beaming down on him, and his wicked hairs just whipping in the winds oh yeah it's like that um they'll be like i'll be like oh volcano taco (laughs) what's this you speak of and i'll bite into it and it's just like oh and i'm like oh it's amazing and then like two months later it's gone (laughs) and they just changed their menu yeah again cut out this week 90 percent of the things that i eat and you know they had the like god there was something else recently that they had that i was like all about they had like the country crunch wrap for breakfast. Got rid of that. Yep. yep. They had um. So oh, that was probably the, for the best. The stuffed nacho thing. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, this is what we're talking about. I know you tuned in. <laughs> I know you tuned in to hear about comics, but you didn't know that Cover B was also a Taco Bell podcast, did you? We should totally do a food podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> they had this like stuffed nacho, and it was this like triangular tortilla with a bunch of cheese and beef and like crunchy things in it. That thing was the shit. And it lasted like one month because some Taco Bell executive was looking at his feed, the, the what the fuck is Chris eating feed. And he was like, look at that fat little mongrel stuff, that stuffed nacho thing into his face. Brian, get in here. We're killing the stuffed nacho. And poor Brian's like, no, that was my brainchild. Damn you, Chris. And then he put a flaming bag of shit on my door. And if you don't believe that any of this happened, you're living in a sheep's world, my friend. You need to wake the fuck up. Oh, my God. Anyway, that'll do it for us <laughs> for the day. So that's this episode of Cover B. Um, yep. Expect Cover us, Bell. Yeah, expect us to get a cease and desist from the bell here pretty soon. Um, we may not be back if we get... Uh, eliminated by yeah, they're gonna the Taco send our, Bell send their freaking taco mafia after us <laughs> if you want to watch that happen in real the, time follow us on Facebook and Twitter they're gonna send the Gestaco after us <laughs> oh my god high five me alright there that one so, yeah. that one made up for your Drake joke keep it <laughs> right I knew I'd come around um if you if you want to keep track of our cries for help as we're dragged into the underworld of taco society uh follow us on twitter and check us out on our private instagrams as well and also i think this little this is this new uh social media site called facebook i think it's facebook oh yeah facebook at coverview podcast yep. and you can find all of our past episodes if you want to know what the hell we're talking about because you this is your first episode with us and we kept mentioning stuff that you don't know about go listen to our other episodes at coverbpodcast.com excited cross promotion tink tink games is going to be doing a borderlands 3 stream the hot new game that's coming out this week Heck uh, yeah. on friday probably right around the time you're listening to this if you listen to it when it releases um so check that out tink tink games on twitch yes yes um, and if you're listening afterwards, you can probably watch the replay. Yeah, we'll have it up. Be saved. We have it up. So. Um, but that'll do it. We hope you all come back and join us again next week for our next episode. 
cover me. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for putting up with us. Go eat the tacos before they're gone.